the next part of what we're going to do is we're taking on the questions that you guys sent in, uh, everything that, that came through. Uh, we have uh, uh, some of uh, everybody who, who said, hey, this one sounds like me. This one doesn't. <clears throat> we're going to go around to each person so they can they can uh, answer questions and, and give just really some of their most valuable insight that they have uh, to go on. So uh, this may go over a little bit uh, as far as each time. So we just got to watch ourselves uh, and uh, and go through with that. It's no accident that sounds like you're leveling up in a video game. 48% of 18 to 29 year olds have an online dating profile. Make them work for it. 45% of people say they're more frustrated with this form of dating than hopeful. There are so many people you can connect with. Should I swipe right? Swipe wrong. Swipe wrong. Setting the record straight on dating apps. Everyday people telling everyday stories of the swipe right world with your host, Chaos. Well, I know he had a good time. So I have a bit of something for for everybody, and I think we'll just kind of start as we go around the room. Uh, and I'll start with uh, Mr. Dating Intelligence, Christopher Lewis. Uh, one of the questions that came up from uh, from one of the folks is, how do you cut to the chase and know if you're uh, compatible dating or not? How do you cut to the chase if you know you're compatible? Um, so that's that's a great question. Um, so one of the things that I love to share with everyone is the fact that um, there is no timeline on when you feel like somebody's co compatible with you when it comes to just uh, being open with that person, having a good time with the person, being honest with the person. There's this one thing that I call, I call it truth or honesty, where you know you both are just going to ask each other questions about each other in the most honest and truthful way and learn a lot from that. And so what you receive from the other person is you're receiving them listening to something that you're sharing with them from that, you know, that you might not share with everyone, but, um, but eventually um, being compatible with someone is just taking that chance. It's, it's an energy, it's a frequency. It's something that you should just know, but you also have to be mindful of like not allowing yourself to get caught up and sucked into like, you know, for instance, like, what this person does or how much money this person has or like you know she's beautiful and she looks like this it's like those are just physical attributes on outward things that are of that person but not internally looking inside of someone's soul and really understanding if that's someone you're going to be with so we've all had these you know holly you know honeymoon flings obviously that lasts maybe a month or two and then all of a sudden it falls flat uh just because you guys are on this high of being with each other but you're not really um understanding each other knowing who each other is really and that usually comes after month three four five and six down the road so if you can if you can just be with the person and start from the beginning and just be your honest self ask questions that you want to know about that person and just and keep an open mind honestly you know because most people like i said you guys have these checklists out there and sometimes the person might not check all the boxes but is that 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 might be okay i mean how many of us out there like you said have actually been with a friend and all of a sudden now you're dating this friend like three years later because you never saw them as um, a love interest. You just saw them as a friend. But at the same time, you know, you're, there's people out there that are compatible for each other because it is a like energy and a like frequency that we just get attracted to right away. So sometimes that's great. And sometimes, like you said, it's a, it's a you know, it's a pitfall because like, once again, you're, you're only acting upon your um, energy, your sexual energy versus your compatibility energy. So always be on the lookout for that as well. But the best thing is when you find someone that you're sexually compatible with and 
emotionally compatible with. And that's that's the perfect mate for you. And that's where those frequencies are going to vibe. And that energy is just going to be magnetic magic. And if you guys can just keep that going and just, once again, just stay communicative, listen well, be honest with each other, it can go a long way. Sign me up for magnetic magic. Sign me up for sure. Absolutely. Um, another question comes through. Uh, Doc Harmony and Mr. Bolton, uh, how do you keep your partner as an important part of your everyday life? So at some point in our relationship, um, I had to just decide, and it was early on, thank goodness, that Kevin was my number one priority. Um, how did that show up? Um, we had, you know, children, we had animals, we have a large property, we have a lot of things to take care of and maintain, but my husband was num is and has always been number one. And that just shows up by taking care of his needs uh, first and for foremost. And then what shows up for me as a woman, uh, the caretaker, the nurturer, is that he would never ask me not to put him first. And that's what made it so easy to um, keep him number one. I never felt conflicted that um, my other priorities, children and household and work was not important. And so, um, yeah, so that's for me, it's been my number one priority. And that's where I learned about Queens Code and taking Sterling classes and Landmark Forum, because at the end of the day, I want to be the best version of myself for my husband and uh, so that we can have the best relationship possible. So I think many of the other panelists have already said, I work on myself. And the more I work on myself, uh, the more I can show up as the best version and um, can love my husband in the best possible fashion. And uh, I mean, to go off of that, to be honest with you, I just, I don't treat her necessarily like my wife. I treat her like my wife and my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't let the romance die. I continue to flirt with her and uh, continue to support her and uh, her ways of being a woman. Mm -hmm. um, I stand on my terms. Uh, and, you know, I think so often what lacks is good, strong, masculine leadership in relationships. Uh, not all women want that, but surprisingly, a number of women do. And they want a man to have integrity and strength. And, and when that knock happens at 2 o'clock in the morning, they don't want to have a question of who's answering the door and how they're going to handle it. So, um, yeah, I think that that is uh, just being flirty and loving and, and kind and romantic and uh, I think that really helps secure that uh, vulnerability and that mm -hmm. completeness in a relationship so that uh, she knows that when she walks in she's a 10 in my world the rest of the world might not say here's a 10 but in my world she's a 10 and I'm not afraid to let her know that and um, to make sure that she feels that is who I see her as that she is my queen and I treat her like a queen. And my favorite thing I'd like to end with is every morning, without fail, my husband wakes up every morning and the first, he's not even got his eyes open. He's like, good morning, beautiful. I love you. Every morning. And I wake up every morning feeling beautiful. Yeah. Me too. Like I'm over here smiling. Me too. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Feel it. That's awesome. Um, my AF person, Shell. How you doing? What's happening over there? I see you over there in the corner, just hanging out, just like I just swerve on and stuff. So, 
Um, so how to create a sexual sexual spontaneity in a long-term relationship. Can you help out with that? Oh, wow. Well, first you have to know your own body. You can... Um, if you are not willing to explore through all of your changes, hormonal, age, um, no, those are the two biggest ones to me because <laughs> I'm there with both of them. But if you're not willing to make sure that you know your body and um, know what uh, kind of makes you tick, there's not a point in doing anything spontaneous that um, is going to flop. So you have to be open to the idea of keep getting to know your body over and over and over and over again. Um, and your partner's body. The two of you have to grow together um, in order for that spontaneity to happen. I'm kind of at a, just keep, keep, keep a pulse on what's going on and go with the flow. Don't automatically reject anything, but if you're not in tune with yourself, it's not going to work very well. So stay in tune. Keep learning. Keep exploring. I like it. All right. I will. Absolutely. All right. Allison. All right. Let's talk, Allison, you and me. Let's just let's just have everyone else can listen to. I mean, if they want to, I guess. But, you know, why don't, why don't we talk? So um, <laughs> appreciate it. Um, how about uh, best sex practices that you can think of uh, for or, or that help would help people that that are common in the 21st century that that help. Let's just say women become goddesses in the bedroom. <laughs> my favorite topic. And I'm going to talk a lot more about this tomorrow night in my breakout group. But I will give you all a little hack tonight before we get into it further tomorrow, which is to use the tool of mindfulness in the bedroom. So I think one of the big problems that people have um, with, with having intimate relationships, with sex and sexuality, is that we tend as a society to kind of operate in our heads all the time. We're thinking about you know, dinner tonight, what we have to do tomorrow, what's going on, or in dating, you're thinking, does he like my body? What do I look like in this angle? I better keep the lights off. I hope he doesn't see my cellulite, whatever it might be. We're in our heads. We're thinking, 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 and we're not in our bodies. Mindfulness is the practice of experiencing the moment, moment to moment as it unfolds. So I spent many years teaching mindfulness to people, and now I apply it to the bedroom, both personally and professionally working with my clients. And it can be really, really easy to start to adopt. Just focus on feeling physical sensations when you are being sexually intimate with someone. Notice the touch of your partner's uh, caress on your skin. Don't think about it. Don't be in your head, I think it feels blah, blah, blah. No, just 
feel, just notice, just be mindfully present in the moment. And when you start doing that, and when you get more courageous about that, and you really sort of give into that, you will lose yourself in sexual pleasure. You will receive, you will orgasm, you will take things to the next level in terms of your sexual um, pleasure with your partner and your partner will love it. And particularly, I work with women, right? Particularly when women will just receive their partner's physical uh, attention and touch and receptivity without worrying or thinking in their heads. Guys tend to love it. They tend to feel really excited. Most guys just want to make us women happy. I think Kevin and Harmony would agree with me on this. And so this is this is all it is. It's just that simple. Get out of your head, get in your body, and you will increase your sexual pleasure enormously. Amen. Yeah, count me in. Yeah, signed up. Absolutely. Um. It's my love train company girl. There she is. Sabrina, how are you? Feeling okay? Doing all right over there? I'm feeling great. Thank you. <laughs> well, I got one for you. So oh, yeah. I got uh, a female um, uh, viewer who sent in this question. Uh, how to jump into the dating scene after being out for over uh, 20 years? Very good. How to jump into the dating scene after being MIA for 20 years, right? It's a big question. So first of all, I would say um, congratulations. I would say I would acknowledge you for putting yourself out there, wanting to create an amazing relationship with another human being. I don't know the circumstances around why, um, why the big gap, you know, you might have had a breakup or a divorce. But I can say if you are at a point where you are ready to get back out there in the dating scene and attract someone that's right for you, um, that deserves a huge congratulations because I think we live in a time where we can get very cynical and resigned around opening our hearts and around the possibility to relationships so that you're willing to go for it is already a huge, tremendous, positive sign. And so I would start with sharing that you are single and you are looking and i would start with sharing it with people in your life that you love and you trust so your trusted friends your trusted family members reach out to those people that are rooting for you have always rooted for you they're in your corner they're the ones that have your best intentions in their hearts so they're the ones that have your back. The, those are the people that you want to start sharing your love intention with. This is, I'm single. I'm putting myself out there. I'm nervous about it, maybe. I'm excited about it. Um, I would love your mentorship and your guidance and your recommendations. So that's something else I often tell my clients that your friends are the best people <laughs> to set you up with someone because they know you and every single person knows a minimum of 200 people a minimum of 200 people so you undoubtedly have someone in your community in your life that could give you a fabulous recommendation and there's there's no better way to meet someone um, than having a trusted friend recommend them to you. 
So in the age of online dating, which I also recommend to my clients, you know, you don't get that. You're meeting someone like completely new. You don't know them. They're, you know, this is the first time you've ever met them. And so if you're someone that is jumping in for the first time and hasn't done online dating, I highly recommend that too. I highly recommend it. Um, it's an it's a tremendous tool once you learn how to use it to actually meet lots of new people. But if you're a particularly sensitive person or you get triggered really easily, <laughs> I hear Chris laughing, <laughs> I would highly, highly recommend that you get a coach or a mentor to help you navigate the world of online dating. I have clients that are um, in their 70s, actually, that have tried online dating for the first time and attracted a partner. So it is absolutely possible, but without the, the tools um, to do it, to navigate it, it can get a little tricky, just like meeting people in real life can get tricky, right? So the last thing I would say is approach jumping into dating like it's a practice. You're not getting somewhere with it. There's no outcome when it comes to you connecting with that person in front of you let go of the thoughts of is this person the one are they right for me do they like me do i like them these are inevitable thoughts that come on your head when you're when you're on a date with someone but what i would say is notice those thoughts when they come up and remember i'm practicing this is, you know, not a drill. <laughs> I am practicing. I am getting to know myself. I'm getting to know this person in front of me. I'm getting to know all the different opportunities available to me. So when you approach it like a practice, it takes a lot of stress off of your shoulders and you can relax and enjoy building connection with the person that's on the date with you. And that's it, Chris. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> sure. Your clients, let them know this weird podcast, Swipe Wrong. It's out there somewhere. Some clown hosts it. But there are success stories, which is the great thing. The pursuit of happiness, it's not a direct line. It is not linear by any stretch of the imagination. Where's the RN? Treva, how are you? What's going on over there, Treva? You know, she's like, I've been quiet for so long. It's time for me to talk now. So got one for you. So um Creating ease and fun in romantic relationships, raising self-esteem and to date and, and to be in a romantic relationship. What are some of the keys to that, do you think? Oh, my God. That's a multi-part question. You're a multi-part kind of girl. Um, that which requires a multi-part answer. Can you repeat the question again? Yeah, sure. Creating ease and fun in romantic relationships, raising self-esteem to date and be in a romantic relationship? What are the keys, in your opinion, in your wisdom? Okay, so there's an old saying that um, people don't make happy couples. They are happy on their own and then they become couples. And I can attest to that because I was single for so long and I came to every relationship I was in the best version of what I thought I could be and who I thought I could be. And I brought it, man. I brought the fun. I brought the ease. I brought the, the great sex. I brought the, you know, the laughs and the levity. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, at some point, oh, and I brought my self-esteem too. Um, I think at the end of the day, you just have to sort of stop and say, you know, this is, um, this is pretty great. 
you know, I, I it, it, it's, if you don't, if you're not digging this, um, then you're with the wrong person. And a lot of, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to Chris's answer about compatibility because what I found that even with great sex and even with off the chart chemistry and even with you know, super duper attraction and same taste in music and same politics and all kinds of common interests and, and common bonds, the thing that really is gonna make it work is having a shared vision of the future. And I really think that that is sort of what's going to kind of get it off the ground. It's going to launch you having the same sort of goal, if you will. Um, I want to be in a relationship. Yeah, I want to be in a relationship too. Or no, I just want to kind of keep it light, no strings attached. Okay, me too. You know, sort of being on the same page, um, vibrating on the same frequency. Um, it all adds to what. I find is a very fulfilling and, and possibly successful relationship. Does that answer the question? There it does. You okay. Did great. All right. You did great. That was phenomenal, especially with that okay. smile too. That was fantastic. Look at you. All right. So let's go to the brains of the operation. Let's go. I know she's excited, but I got one. Cause like you have Tamara, you've talked to everybody. You've got everybody's insights. You're probably one of the, I don't know, you, you, the well-rounded of the bunch. And there's a question that came in that I think like might be good for you. So a woman, a woman sent in this question. She's wondering about how to get her self-confidence back after not having uh, intimate sex for a long time. And, and uh, how does she, what's the best way mindset she should go about doing that? I can't answer it. I don't know. I mean, you just have to, like yourself as you are, you have to look in the mirror. I know I've watched plenty of shows on Netflix and different stuff. They have you get naked in front of a mirror and look at yourself and just notice all the positive things and just really be with yourself. That seemed to work. It was, I think, goop on Netflix. And um, I don't know, I've always been confident in that way. So I just channel your inner goddess, like Allison said. That's good. Yeah, I wasn't expecting right. to answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Fair enough. It works for me, and all that is good. So where's – all right, so I'm not looking to get married, Andre. I'm not – I don't need that right now. Um, but how about we go with a gentleman asked, uh, yes. what, what impact does online dating have and the attitude and mental health of those in the dating pool? Ooh, well, I'm just going to give you a piece of what I hear all the time. You know, what the hell is going on out there? This is what I hear all the time. I've had clients who, ladies and men, it's interesting, they react differently, but the ladies will say, I had one lady who was online dating for four years and never got one date. Now, tall, beautiful, you know, posted the pictures of her classy with her hair done, pictures of herself in sweatpants so she looks like a real person, you know, walking the dog and tried every aspect possible and no dating, no action, no follow-up, like, you know, just chime in and then disappear and, hey, you look pretty, disappear, disappear. And then she ended up with lower self-esteem on the other side of four years of online crap. That's what I call it. Um, then if she, you know, was constantly felt rejected, you know, thousands of possibilities. This is really why people do it. Thousands of possibilities. 
and very little quality. So for some people, it's, it, it's torturous. It actually it destroys them. It, it kills them. They're, even they're, they're already nervous to join in. They're already nervous to see what's going to happen. But to be rejected or to just be played with and, and forgotten is actually really quite hurtful. This is what the ladies tell me. On the other side, the man, very interesting, um, <laughs> and I say this, and I so again, I get it, right? I'm not, I'm not stuck in the old ways, you know. The that it's just that there's a lot of difficulties with online dating, and so I actually tell my clients, just get off, get off the apps. Let me tell you why. <clears throat> this is what men tell me, right? Men say, well, you know, I went online because it makes sense, especially through the pandemic. You know, that like you can't go anywhere, and there's thousands of people available, you know, all over the place. Great. Except when they manage to like somebody, make it happen, set up, they come back with this is ever heard this over and over. He goes, you know, come back with what the hell? She was ten years older at least at their picture, thirty years heavier, no, nothing like what she presented, blah blah blah. And then they actually feel like they've been lied to, and and it was kind of a fraud, right? So he makes a plan, and all of a sudden, like this is like like, like and I always say this, like like I wasn't going to notice, like what. So men will hang out on apps for two, three months. And my experience, what they say to me is like, forget this crap. And what happens is they do what men do. I want to say this. I said this last night when we had our meeting. I think for the ladies, um, dating apps are the possibilities, the fantasies. I had a client who met a guy online and she called him her boyfriend. And I go, where'd you guys meet? She goes, we haven't met yet. He was in Paris, right? So she's telling all her friends she has a boyfriend in Paris. I'm like, you never met the guy. You don't have a boyfriend in Paris. You think you think he's not having fun in Paris and he's loyal to you in Paris? He never met you. He doesn't know you. Right? So there's a fantasy. I see women fantasizing about the possibilities. I get it. I get it. Ladies, ladies sort of like to sort of, it's possible. It could happen. Right, like meet somebody from Barcelona, and I get moved to you to to Spain. You know, ooh, wow, this is not how men do it. That's 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 the difference. So, men shop. I want to say, I'm just gonna say, men after getting off the apps because they feel it's kind of a crapshoot, and they're insulted after not you know meeting where they were supposed to meet. Just saying, um, they dump the apps, and we they, they do what I call shop locally so men don't want to find somebody in barcelona they want to date a woman who's in town they don't want somebody in france or in germany right they want a girl they they even want, they don't even want people that are two hours away i'm in los angeles right if the girl is in orange county the guy's like oh orange county is two hours so two hours in traffic both ways you will be this girl if i if i like her every weekend they don't want that they want somebody local and so when men the real men, by the way, not the boys. Again, the distinction, distinction here. The the men shop locally and they look for you, ladies. They look. Men are looking at the gas station, at Ralph's store, at Rite Aid's, you name it, at the car wash. Is there a better place in the world to shop and look at people than the car wash? Forty-five minutes of nothing else to do. But if your ladies are on your phone, you're sending the signal that you're not interested. And that's the problem. I say dump the apps, get in the world, 
learn how to flirt, ladies, right? Because the men are watching and, and are waiting, are waiting for a signal. And the guy is local. You are local. This is what they want. They want they shop locally, not hours away, not different countries. Local. This is what men say. So psychologically, I think the apps, you know, are very damaging to a lot of women. Some succeed. Sure, the odds, the numbers mm, don't match pretty well. Some men, again, get lucky, but as a rule, I go, you know, back to old school, face-to-face, -face, looking at each other. You can actually sense somebody's energy when you're in their presence. Standing in line at Starbucks, you know, you'll have a sense of that, that person, that man, that woman, nearby, energetically, pheromones, nature, as opposed to some screen and trying to, I'm just saying. So, um, again, my advice to my clients is I actually, we, uh, we use the apps to practice dating because there's a lot of people too, but there's a filter to find the one out there live, if that makes any sense. So that's makes sense. Nice. <laughs> makes sense. I can yeah. dig it. I guess I hear this a lot because I'm on, you know, this the, the that whole swipe wrong thing. But I always say experiences mm -hmm. over expectations. That's that's like I think one of the the biggest things that you can go into with that. All right. So now I have to apologize to to everybody here. Like I'm sure there's plenty of times when everyone's like, wait, I want to say this about that, and I want to. So you know, my fault. I just want to make sure everyone got their say, uh, and everybody got to hear from from everybody else. Now we have bloodshed and chaos and i guess i can play the part of chaos um <laughs> there are community questions um that i will ask and i'll just kind of deem hey these were set up maybe for these three but if somebody else wants to kick me in the shin and go right ahead by all means go right ahead so <clears throat> everybody who's out there listening if your drinks aren't full go fill them up because this is the part where people will step on each other and still over and the drinking game will commence this will happen my drink's empty, so but I can't leave. So all right, <clears throat> so we'll start it this way. Um, we did have a question come in, and I'm just going to leave it to uh, a bit of an open forum uh, on this one because I think it had something to do with the, you know Andre's answer. It came through the chat um, that uh, are there more older women single <clears throat> than men? Do you think? And actually, let me just start. I'm just going to start with. Miss AF over there in the corner because she is like she's like me here I am. Um, so just 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 your belief from your insights. I don't know that. Well, first of all, women tend to live longer than men because we don't do a whole lot of stupid stuff. <laughs> showing off, I get it. Um, yes, yeah, a little bit of showing off, a little <laughs> bit of I can fix that. Um, on a ladder with wheels two stories up kind of thing. Um, so <laughs> perhaps there are more women available than men, but I think that um, once you reach a certain age, you're just tired of the bullshit. So yeah, sure. There are a lot more women out there, but they're dating for different reasons than say someone their age on Viagra. Might be a little confrontational, but we discuss quite a bit in our group in regards to those kinds of habits. Anyone else? Jump in. Let's go ahead. No one? Nope. 
Bring the question again. Bring the question again. The question again. Uh, are there more older women single versus men? <clears throat> Just I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a geek. I look like a musician, but I'm a complete geek. I research <laughs> everything. I'm all about statistics, numbers, data, right? And so there's I don't know any data about this. We know there's three percent more women in the world than men to start with. So we have that. So yes, there are more women available. At what age? How? Why? Um, we know we know the statistic as far as um, I'm not sure if that's sexy to talk about here, but hey, let's get real. That um, women typically by 80% are the ones leaving marriages, not men. So women choose to leave much more than men. Interesting. And on the other side, this is what I experienced, you know. And then how to find somebody when you're older to line up with your new value <laughs> in a pool that's this big, the pool that's this big. So a lot of women, I think, have find themselves left behind with nowhere to go fishing in the realm of finding a solid mate a little later in life. And But the data itself, is, I don't, I'm not familiar. Hopefully the pool is the only thing that big, just saying. Chris, I, I want to comment on this question, um, not to necessarily answer because I don't know statistically either, but I think the more important thing is what's behind that question. And to uh -huh. me, what I hear is fear. I hear the woman asking that question saying, I'm afraid that there are way less available men than women, meaning I'm going to get left out in the cold. I'm never going to find a guy, you know, the old... Uh, Sarah, uh, Sal, Harry Met Sally quote that <laughs> kept getting repeated in that movie for those of you who remember where it's like, I think Carrie Fisher kept saying you're more likely to be kidnapped by terrorists over 40 than to get remarried or find a man, something, something ridiculous, right? So, so women have been inundated in our society with this fear-based messaging that um, good men are a scarce resource. There's very few out there. And therefore, you have to fight your way to get to a good man. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's all nonsense because it all comes out of a lack, scarcity kind of mindset, fear-based mindset. And that goes to that doing that internal work. Because if you are no longer afraid all the time and going out and looking with this, oh my God, am I ever going to find a guy kind of perspective, then no, you're not going to find a guy. But when you can let go of that fear and just move into grace and ease and enjoying your life and not hyper-focused on the lack of men, then you start to see men all around you and available men. And, you know, there's a lid for every pot. But if you are so focused on that, there's not that it's not here, there's no, it's never going to happen for me, then that is what you will see reticular activating system. If you think there's no men, you're going to see no men. <laughs> if you start to let go of that fear, and the best way to do that is to live your life, enjoy your life, have fun, you know, find all the things that excite you and jazz you and make you happy, then you're going to end up in spaces where there are men, where you are emanating happiness and magnetism, and you will draw in the right guy for you. 
dig it. A lid mm -hmm. or lighter for every pot, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I have to say on this one, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it. Um, um I think Andre and you got it both on the um same point. But one thing that what I'm hearing out of this question is the fact that, especially being in Los Angeles, and I talked to a lot of women, and you know, um, there's there's a difference. And Andre, you said this earlier. There's a difference between a man and a boy. You know, when men get as they get older, you know, men try to they skew down because they don't want to be with a a woman who's already once again has that you know knowledge has that has those qualities already has these values already that you know that they probably already tried within either married before or not but as men get older you know they're a lot of boys are stuck in their ways and they don't really want to be with a woman who has values who's mature who who knows their shit right, right. so right. a lot of guys i can see this question from my point of view because i feel like a lot of women are right in the sense where what i talk they go there are no good men because there's only boys out there and all these, and so to find a good quality man, you know, that's like going off of what Allison said, you know, it is something that you're just going to have to have your eyes wide open. Um, Andre's right. You know, look around you everywhere. Be, be, be available to just being open and aware because if your head's down in the sand, you're never going to find a good man and that good man could be right next to you. So, so I see this as a, as a spin on both of what you guys said, um, the difference between men and boys. And so I agree with, with what you guys were doing. Well, thank you. Yes. Appreciate that. I, I agree, agree with you. Pot for every lid. Lid for every yeah. pot. How's the saying yeah. go? Yeah. Lid, lid, for lid, lid for every pot. Yes. Yeah. I, so I have, wrong. Yeah. I have to believe Lider's that there's wrong. someone for every there's someone for everybody. I just have to believe that. Chris, and, and, I'd like to say one thing regarding this conversation. It's such a good conversation. And what we've been talking about a lot is like out there. <gasps> Here's that there isn't like the right guy or the right woman for me. They're not right for me. There's something wrong with them. You know, these are obviously these are scarcity thoughts. These are fear based thoughts. But the other piece that we don't normally ask is who do I get to be and what am I offering that would attract the kind of person that would light me up and I could light them up too. We so often are so quick to judge other people on their faults, on the things that are wrong with them. And, you know, we don't ever engage in what kind of woman do I get to be? Who, what's possible for me and my way of being that would attract a really amazing person into my life? And so that piece is rarely talked about. <laughs> and that's where the real work is actually happening. You get to do that work in your heart first before you can go out and say, you know what, that guy's not right for me. I can tell that because our values aren't aligned. We're not into the same things. Our futures, you know, we don't have the same vision for the future. It starts with you and who you're being, who you're being is going to attract the right person for you. So I wanted to weigh in on that as well. Thank you. Oh, I, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love, I, can I jump in here? This is too perfect. Yeah, for a minute though, bro. Then we got to get to another one. We got more pushing, questions. Are you pushing me around? Yeah. I know you're not pushing me I, around. Are you pushing I'm, me I'm, around? Like, it's well, a nudge. It's not a full push. It's all a right. nudge. All right. Just but, but just dude, try. your commuter traffic won't get you to me. That's all. <laughs> you're a funny guy. No, it's just really, it's just interesting what Sabrina just said because let me just give you some a piece that most people don't quite understand or even thought of in the realm of relationship. Understand that women control access to sex. True or false? Women control access to sex. It's obvious. You have all the control there. You go, girl. You're in charge. 
Men control access to the relationship. And when women say stuff like, and I see it all the time, well, he's got to be up here. He's got to meet me up here. He's got to be all of that. He's got to be this, 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 this long. I call it the you're going to be alone the rest of your life list because that's a unicorn that doesn't exist in your head, right? That's not reality. But I, I flipped the script just like Sabrina just brought forth. Like, never mind, you know, what you're looking for. Like, who do you have to be as a woman for a man to choose you? You know what I mean? It sounds really crappy, but I think about it. Like, men are the buyers here. Men decide if they're going to get in a relationship with you or not. Not you. You'll be pretty. You'll attract. you do all the beaming. But men pick women. So who do you have to be for men to go, wow, let me build something with her. It's not about him. You know, you're the, you have to know what the buyer's buying. I hate to say it. It's crass, but you know what I mean? The power is in your hands for offering what men are looking for. And most women have no idea what men are looking for. Men, well, most women have no idea what makes a man show up, keep showing up, commit, and ultimately go on one knee. What makes a man commit? No one knows. I don't even know where the macaroni and cheese is at Ralph's, See? so uh, I'm not certain. But that, that's a huge yeah. piece, right? What makes <laughs> yeah. a man commit is very clear to men, except... <laughs> They don't, they can't really explain it. So, all right, yeah. I'm done. Sorry. So. Uh, all right. No, no worries. We got a question in the chat and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to drop it in over at, at Kevin and Harmony's house so they can, they can weigh on it first. But I have a feeling that uh, everyone is going to uh, explode and have an opinion. Now, don't forget, we also need to get into information on your breakouts tomorrow. Anybody who hasn't registered and is just watching the live stream or something, make sure you register with the link so you can get the Zoom invite. And we all are best friends again tomorrow because, you know, hanging out for a couple nights is a good thing. Right. Uh, so make sure you have that. Uh, but the question, and like I said, we'll start with, with you. Do, you. do you think it's forcefully, and that is in all caps, they're yelling at me when they say forcefully, needed for a relationship to work that is a man has a masculine energy and a woman feminine energy or do you think what's important is balance and energies who's answering so all we can speak to is a male and a female relationship with all those appropriate body parts so <laughs> anything outside of that realm we're not addressing that i just want to because we love everybody but um yes absolutely in the beginning i acted like a man I wanted to be in charge. I wanted to control. I wanted to micromanage everything. I thought I knew best. I thought I knew how it should be. Our first fight, interestingly enough, it was it's hysterical now at the time it wasn't. We lost a lot of food over it and items that went off the balcony. And it was overhead of household. So we were just arguing. And we, of course, we have no idea about what. And, and, and he goes, babe, there can only be one head of household. And at the same time, we're like, yeah, it's me. There's clearly a problem, clearly. And through all my work with Queen's Code, through all of the Sterling Women's, I have discovered being a woman. And and like Andre made the very poignant point. You know, I say to a lot of our my clients, if you want Prince Charming, are you being a princess? Hello. And I wasn't being a princess. I was being competitive. Competitive. And I was 
bench boxing with his ego on a regular basis. And once I discovered certain tips and tricks and became more female, more gentle, my voice became more gentle, my tone became more gentle, I listened more appropriately, I stopped interrupting, and I stopped saying, I know what you're thinking all the time. And I became more feminine has our relationship absolutely blossomed into the dream that I've always wanted. And that's just a quick summary of 22 years um, of being in a, a male and female relationship. So I would ask, I would answer yes. And I honor his masculinity. I'm no longer afraid of it. I welcome it. I cherish it. I, I love his masculinity and his virility and his strength. And it's just a huge turn on for me now. And it was an absolute competition. I mean, it was sword fighting on a daily basis. And, you know, for me, that shit was fun. I'm like, oh, you want a sword fight? <laughs> this is freaking awesome. Let me just slay your ass, you know? And, uh, that's, uh, and it's not cool because it doesn't create a loving environment. So, you know, and I think on the same hand where she learned her power as a queen, where she learned her power, you know, for us guys, man, that feminine power slays our ass flat i have not to compete against that when she speaks to me in that little coy voice i'm like ah shit what's this gonna cost me <laughs> it's like i i want to serve her i want to protect her so in my perspective in our perspective of this relationship uh it is that uh we have our roles we have our lanes and she knows how to to communicate with me. She knows how to make me go slay dragons. And it's not make me, I want to go slay dragons for her. I want to honor her and treat her like the queen that she is in my life. And I think those traditional roles, sometimes we lose focus of that uh, and it makes it more challenging. But, uh, you know, I think, and then I think the other key is that men, we talked about boys and guys and men, like Andre said, uh, there's a real lack of training to bring men, bring boys or guys into a masculine role where they know how to be a man and they can make unselfish choices for the relationship so that the relationship is the most important unit. Back, back, drop the mic. Beautiful. <laughs> awesome. Any, anyone? All right. I could pick it back so, if you want, but we'd be. Oh, it's cool. We're rolling. I'll, uh, I mean, because we're, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll probably ask this one, and I bet everyone will have an opinion. So we'll probably have it just yeah. go around. Y'all can fight over it then. You know, it'd be like Game of Thrones or vote you off the island, however we want to do it. Battle of the North. You lead. And, uh, uh, and then after that, we can talk about uh, what your breakouts are going to be like tomorrow. So, uh, we'll just go with what can I do to become more sexual for my partner? And I'm sure everybody's got an opinion on that one. Who wants to take it away? Well, I'll start with you got to become more sexual for you first. Right? It starts with you. Kind of like Shell earlier. That's exactly what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, when, when you get in touch with your own sexuality, you automatically will be more sexual for your partner. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. 
And so the question is, what are the barriers inside you that are preventing you from being more in touch with your own sexuality? What is there some trauma there? A lot of women have that. Some a lot. There's a fair amount of men who have that too. Is there fear? Fear of being vulnerable? Fear of being open? Is the are there body image issues that preoccupy you? Um, are you know, aging, is there hormonal issues going on that might be better served from some um, hormone replacement therapy, which I know we got a lot of questions on. And none of us are doctors here, but these are all issues that you need to really, I think, figure out for yourself in order to become sort of, quote unquote, more sexual for your partner. It's become more sexual for you and figure out what are the barriers inside of you preventing you from feeling sexy, from feeling sex sensual, from wanting to have that kind of physical intimacy with, with another person, with your partner. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, I have a comment. Go for it. Okay. Yes. So, so yes, to that end, Allison, um, uh, being, getting out of your head and being in your body and, and taking stock of all that's great about you knowing who you are and what you and what you have to give and what you have to offer is apl applicable to dating it's it's what will it's what gives you your power uh it's what makes you feel in, as an empowered single same with sex um is i think the best sex just comes from being okay in yourself letting go and that's hard that's a, that's a, that's a tough that's you know a heavy lift for some people to feel good in their body to some of us are a little better at it than others. Some people feel a little bit more comfortable that have less, less hangups. Um, but I think with practice and with breathing, letting go, being mindful as, as it pertains to dating as well, not losing yourself, feeling like, okay, um, I got this. I'm going to let go. I'm going to practice surrendering. I'm going to just release and see where this goes. And again, taking stock of who you are, what you've got, little inventory. And, and feeling good about yourself and letting the rest go. I just wanted to throw out there too, if you're about to have sex or having sex, they're obviously there and wanting to be there with you. So just like you're saying, let go and enjoy it and don't purposely be quiet or worry or stuff, you know, just whatever you're feeling, let it out. And mm -hmm. they appreciate that because they wanted to be there and they're there with you. So I want to add Carrie's comment real quick to all of this. She says, overcoming insecurities and traumas, especially abandonment issues. So it's very, very important to be in the current, to be in the moment, not to, again, be in your head, um, as previously said, but staying in the moment. Uh, you, We have to work so much on ourselves to just be able to get there. And one of those things is, I mean, how many of us have starter husbands? Um, <laughs> so it's it, all of that comes with trauma, even when it even when it ended amicably, it still comes with some sort of trauma. It comes with a a little hang up on why you didn't succeed. So if we can deal with our traumas, stay in the stay in the current then we have a lot uh, better chance of being successful in that arena. I'd like to put a chair in that Sunday. May I? 
Yeah, of course. So this is a, the shortcut to it. Are you ready? So, ladies, you have to understand. I'm assuming a lady has a question. How do you be more sexual? If if you understand that men attach, connect instantly to your energy, how you feel is what we pick up. If you're happy, ah, we're happy. If you feel good, ah, it feels good. I want to be close to you. If you stress, if you tense, we step back. You see this with your husband, you see with everybody at work. When you're good, we're good. But get this, <laughs> whatever size you are, tall, short, big hips, big butt, whatever, right? If you beat yourself down for this, it will kill your self-esteem. It will keep you sexual, sexual, sensual energy. However, any, if you, <laughs> if you train a little bit, if you get that dress, if you put those heels on, you get your hair done, whatever, are you ready? So simple. When you feel sexy, ladies, when you feel sexy, like you feel sexy, you are. You are freaking sexy. And this is when men are like, whoop, right there. So it's not your height, it's not your blonde hair, it's not your dark hair, it's not your long, it's how you feel. The energy you emit is what we pick up. And again, doesn't matter if you can get yourself to feeling sexy, whatever it is for you, whatever it takes you, Boom! And watch men respond, especially the one in your house. Just say, shortcut. Man, can you confirm? Man, can you confirm? Man, the men have to confirm this. Absolutely. I saw all of them shaking their heads, yes. That's so simple. That. <laughs> Very simple. How you feel is how we feel with you. And I'll give you a little brain hack. Okay. Brilliant. Uh -oh. I'm going to roll this back over to, to men, but I'm going to give you a little brain hack. Get you some sticky notes. Put them on your mirror. I am sexy. I am hot. I am sensuous. And every morning when you're brushing your teeth, just read that to yourself. Every morning, every night you brush your teeth, read it, read it, read it. What it does is it creates a subliminal message in your brain and you start feeling and believing what you're constantly telling yourself day in and day out. I do this for men all the time to, to help them with the same type of issues. And what happens is they put them sticky notes on the mirror. First of all, it's an act. You got to go, fuck, I'm going to write a sticky note, put it on the mirror. Well, you got to put your self-esteem down a little bit just to put the sticky note up there. But then while you're brushing your teeth and you're telling yourself this, it's going in and you're starting to believe it. And I'll give you an example. We were in Costa Rica, this woman named Maria. She was probably 68 years old. Everywhere we went, she was oh, always man. dressed to the nines, always had her high heels on. And she... I'm like, I cannot believe I'm lusting this 68-year-old woman. She's so fucking sexy. I can't stand it. And we would walk in, and these young men would just be, their mouths dropped. And they were just like, yes, ma'am, how may we help you? Every government office we went into, she stopped the traffic. She believed she was a goddess. She was. And she was a goddess. And her energy just exuded like a stripper everywhere we went. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was amazing. <laughs> so hack your own brain. Put that damn sticky note up there and start telling yourself you deserve to be sexy and be sexy. I love it. I'm going to back big. up the goddess comment. <laughs> <laughs> big, big proponent of putting it out in the universe and then we'll come back to that for sure. You put that out there, that's, that's the right thing. So I just want to end off with uh, an acknowledgement 
you know, everybody who's dialing in, thank you for taking the time to spend it with us. You had a million other things you could probably do, and we appreciate you spending the time with us. And then to the coaches, we definitely know you've got a lot of other things that you could be doing with this time and all of the preparation and making sure we were available and clearing schedules and what have you. So a huge acknowledgement. Thank you for doing this. And, you know, a lot of the topics covered here just don't get discussed we just don't teach them. We don't talk about them. We just kind of, you're born, you go to school, you hope you meet someone and best of luck to you all and keep in touch, you know? It's never really discussed or talked about. So we end up banging into the walls. We bump around a lot. We're unhappy. And this sharing that's happening here is really generous. It's what makes things work, whether it's from dating to how to make a relationship last and work to how to get into the, the areas of sex that ex excite you or that you want to keep your, your relationship exciting with. All of these are things that are not shared. So I'm so pleased to be able to interact with you. And I'm so grateful that you chose to spend the time with us. We're super excited about tomorrow. So go ahead, get the email. You're going to get the Zoom call, uh, the Zoom link. And uh, we'll see you all there. Thank you to everyone for joining. It's been fantastic. And we will catch you all tomorrow on Zoom at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for being along for the ride of Swipe, the Swipe Wrong podcast. Remember, everyday people telling everyday stories of the Swipe Right world. Uh, the show is uh, produced by Jay Pelham. He is the host of Pelham Place. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Also, I am uh, Chaos, the host of Chaotic Commentary. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, tell a friend about the pod. Uh, and uh, if you have uh, something that you want to share, please, please, we want to hear from everybody and get everybody's stories as much as we possibly can. Uh, email us at swipewrongpod at gmail.com. Uh, give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know if it's okay to call you back. 317-426-6616. Thanks for being along for the ride. And next week, uh, the saga continues. <laughs>